give praise to the Lord as I catch my breath. Let me do something that looks holy but just catch my breath. Yes, Lord. Mm. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, sometimes you go farther than the body wants to go. Um, as you know, we are reopening PT uh, North, 77 Columbia Street in September. Woo! Really excited. And so every Friday night, we've been uh, meeting in prayer up through August 5th just to prepare the atmosphere. And, uh, but we're planning on Thursday, August 18th, we want to reintroduce ourselves to the community by having a community cookout. Amen. And we're going to use our parking lot on the corner of Washington Street and Columbia Street. And we, uh, we're going to need some help to serve and be a blessing to our community. And so we're going to ask you if you would just, uh, if you're interested in, in serving and loving on uh, the Cambridge, or the, actually the port area, just uh, uh, email us at mail at ptspice.org, uh, pt and you will uh, really be a blessing to us as we reintroduce ourselves to the uh, port community. I would say Cambridge Port, but this is Cambridge Port. PT North is located on the port. Also today, really excited, because today we are having water baptism for two candidates on today at 1 p.m. at PT North. And I'm really excited. I wish I had this when I was baptized, but now all our baptismal candidates get this wonderful uh, T-shirt as they're being baptized. It says, he restores broken lives. Amen. So we're really excited about uh, the baptism. And one of our candidates is Caitlin Hope. Amen. Yes. You, yeah. You better stand, Chris. You better stand. <laughs> uh, and then there's another young lady. I talk, talk about a week. She's going to get baptized today and then married on Saturday. Woo. Talk about... Uh, she here. Oh, stand, 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 stand. Yes, God bless you. Didn't even reckon. So, so come at 1 p.m. at PT uh, North, 77 Columbus Street, and join us for baptism. And if you are interested in being baptized, because when you receive Jesus Christ, you really should be water baptized, please, uh, again, mail at ptspice.org, and you can put into your... Uh, calendar that the next date for baptism will be October 16th. So that's plenty of time uh, to be baptized or to be a part of that class. Also, I want to let you know that on this Friday at 7 p.m. is going to be a Fan into Flames night of encounters and worship again at PT North. We are opening that place for the presence of God. And so please join us with Fan into Flames. And uh, as we're about to get into the word, I want to remind you of a few things. Number one, that uh, our mission as a church is restoring lives broken by the consequences of sin to the place where these same very lives bring honor and glory to God. So many times you'll see our, our, our image uh, on our website, which would show that the refreshment that comes from the spirit of the Lord, the Bible says... Um, um, that whoever believes in Jesus, as the Spirit says, this is John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, in this case, waves of living water. And so we want to really uh, remind you that that's our mission. That's how we measure our success, not by who comes to the church, but who comes to Jesus. And want to remind you that our priorities, we have four priorities as a church. 
number one priority. It's not simply in this order, but number one is uh, church on Sunday. We really want to encourage those of you who are online or those who haven't been uh, coming to the church, we encourage you to come to church. God is doing some wonderful things here, such fellowship, and so we want to encourage you. So we're working hard to make sure that your experience at church on Sunday is, is an encounter with Jesus. The second thing is uh, ministry to children, a children's ministry. And we're excited that you know, Vacation Bible School is going on uh, right below us in the main sanctuary. Can we praise God for that? Tell you, the, the fellowship hall is decorated so well, I wish I was a child again. But we want to make sure that we continue to instill Jesus in the life of our children. And then thirdly, of course, is congregational care. Uh, we want to make sure that we care for our congregation. There may be people who use, say, gee, I haven't seen that person in a long time. Give them a call. Send them a text. Send them a card. Let's, let's be each other's keeper to encourage. And then finally, community care, meaning that we don't simply care about this church. We care about our community, not only the community of the secular, but also the community of the saints. I was really excited. We did a we did a prayer walk on last Friday at the Friday night prayer. We went out at 9 p.m. and just prayer walked, and we prayed for one of the churches. We prayed for a few churches, about probably about four churches, but one of the churches we prayed for didn't even know that they were in crisis when we prayed for them. Mm. And I was in a meeting this week with a bunch of pastors, and the pastor of that church said, I just have to stop this meeting and give a shout out to Pentecostal Tabernacle for praying for our church. And, and, and he explained what challenges the church was going through. And this is what I like. He says, Pentecostal Tabernacle are team players. They're not just concerned about their own church. And that's what we're about. We want to make sure that we are caring for our community. Because the bottom line is, is that there are, enough, there are not enough churches in Cambridge to house all the people who need Jesus. Amen. So we just want to encourage us. Uh, I'm, I'm going to preach now, I, I think, one of the most consequential sermons that I've ever preached. Uh, the title of it is Teenage Bible Heroes. Teenage Bible Heroes, and really uh, directing this to those who are 12 to 20. Uh, and, and though I'm directing it to those who are 12 to 20, I really believe that what I'm saying and preaching applies to everybody. But I know what God did in my life to get me centered during my teenage years. So this is going to be one of a three-part series. Today, I'm going to talk about a male teenager. My next sermon, I'm going to talk about a female teenager. Don't, I didn't forget you all. And then the third one I'm really excited about, I'm going to talk about the importance of teenagers in small groups. Oh, I, I can highly wait for that one. I, that, that, that one would be... Uh, the first of the first Sunday in August, but I, 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 I let me not get ahead of myself. Um, so I want to talk about somebody very familiar to you in the scriptures. I want to talk about David. David is a Hebrew name, and his name means beloved, or one who exists in the love of God. David was called by God as a child. Some believe that when Samuel went to anoint him as the king of Israel in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, some believe that, uh, theologians believe that he's about 12 years old. But we do know, according to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33 and, and verse 42, that he was a boy roughly of about the age of 17 or 18 years old. So we'll say 17. And in chapter 17, 
it is when he is about to combat Goliath, the giant. And it says here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48 to 51, a New Living Translation, it says, as Goliath moved closer to attack, I love this, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine, Goliath, in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath, the giant, stumbled and fell down, face, ground, face down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. I want to say he did not kill Goliath with just a sling and a sword. He said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. So he didn't have just a sling or a stone. He also had the name of the Lord. Then David, verse 451, ran over pulled Goliath's sword from his, its sheath. David used it to cut, to kill him, and to cut off his head. Could you turn to your name and say, David was a gangster. David was a gangster. Don't let that hop fool you. He's a gangster. Father, I pray that my speech and preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green but in the power of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Two years ago, um, I saw this image on the cover of Time Magazine, and Time Magazine tried to label this generation of teenagers Generation Pandemic. And what struck me about this Time Magazine, uh, hopefully it's up there, uh, of generation pandemic is that 100 years ago, can you say 100 years ago? In uh, 1900 to 1920, that generation born during those years, 100 years ago, they were not called the depressed generation. They were called the greatest generation. Amen. When World War I, World War II, but particularly World War I, were, were broke out, and then, of course, the, the Great uh, Depression, yet these tragedies formed the generation as opposed to destroy them, and they have become known as America's greatest generation. Can you say amen? And my hope is that this pandemic and the racial uh, tensions and the craziness that's going on in, in Washington, D.C., and the cowardice of leaders who refuse to tell the truth, and all of the chaos of inflation, and all of the challenges, I believe that God is going to use these challenges to create the greatest generation of Gen Zs uh, that the world has ever seen. Amen. And, and I'm not saying that just to make you feel happy. I really feel that God has called me to make sure that this generation understands that you are not to believe the lies of the devil, the lies that are coming over uh, social media and websites and TV about how bad it's going to be for you as teenagers when you become adults. The devil is a liar. Lies, lies, lies. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. You can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. Talking about teenage biblical heroes. What is a hero? What is a hero? Uh, the, the word hero means a person who is noted, meaning that there are notes about you. Noted for courageous acts or nobility of character. 
they're noted for courageous acts, and I'll say, and nobility of character. I like what John Maxwell said. He said, giftings or charisma will get you into the door of opportunity, but only character will keep you there. Many people, and we see many gifted athletes who get amazing opportunities because of their giftings, but then their character quickly kicks them out. That's why we work so hard on making sure you and I are people of character. What does character look like? Leviticus chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. Be holy as God is holy. What does character look like? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. The fruit of the Spirit, the character of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Amen. The ability to suffer long. Tell somebody you got to go through some things to be successful. Patience, gentleness. You don't have to be always hard. Oh, yeah, you don't have to be hard all the time. Be, be gentle. The King James Verse says goodness, but I like the J.B. Phillips translation. It changes the word goodness or godness to generous. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be cheap. We, we should be generous. What's that in the scripture? He says, if someone asks you to walk one mile, what? Walk two. Mm. Mm. Some of you are saying, Jesus already. <laughs> we, we need to be generous. When's the last time you went out with a friend and picked up the tab? Instead of, you know, Everybody looking at the bill saying, you take it, you take it, you take it. Ah, God wants us to be generous. God wants us to be, uh, uh, one of the fruit of the Spirit is, is temperance, self-control, meekness, humility, recognizing your own shortcomings. The Bible says in James chapter 4, God resists the proud, but he gives grace. He gives favor to the humble. The, more, the, more, the lower you go, the higher God will lift you up. Praise the Lord. The etymology of the word hero really struck me. I never knew, knew this before. But um, if you're a believer, you're a hero. What do you mean? The word hero comes from the Latin word heros, which means demigod. Now, I know that has a negative connotation, but just look at the denotation. The real definition of demigod is a being who is partly divine and partly human. Woo! Partly divine, partly human. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're partly divine and you're partly human. Where's that in the scriptures? The Bible says, Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Meaning that anything good comes out of your life, it's because of Jesus inside of you. You are part human and part divine. In fact, the Bible says in, in, uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, it says, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of God is. And he says, be not drunk with wine where there's an excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, I know that this may sound like we're, we're bragging on ourselves when we're saying we're part divine, but there's really nothing to brag about. Basically, what God is saying, I don't trust you. So I'm going to put myself in you to make sure you do what I want you to do because without me, you can do nothing. So you have to be part divine. And because you are part divine, God expects us to do things that are so great, things that, are, that will blow people's mind, that Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 5, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, but give the credit to God because they know, I know you. You couldn't have pulled that off, but God. And therefore, 
the saddest thing is about many of us is that we only attempt things that we can do, and therefore, when they get pulled off, the world likes, looks at us and says, oh, that's, what's, the big, what's the big deal? I mean, you're smart, you're gifted, but when we attempt things that only God could do, people will say to you, how did you do that? And that's the time that you are to testify and tell them that only God could have done it. And that's why God wants you teenagers to attempt big things for him. Big things for him. I want you to get ready because we want to pray eventually. We're going to have the elders come up after service and pray because we want us to be ready for what God's going to do. So I want to talk about three noble characteristics of David. Three noble characteristics of David that you need as a believer and especially you as teenagers, if you stop right now uh, cultivating it, by the time you're adult, the devil's going to be scared of you. The three things that David did was, number one, he pursued the heart of God. He pursued the attitude of God. He, he cared about what God cared about. Another thing is that he realized that past experiences were important. Do not disregard where you were raised, what you went through. God wants to use your past to provide you with experiences that will conquer your future. I don't care what you've been through. You may have had the most hellish childhood that could be imagined, but the beauty of God is that when you come into, the, into life with Jesus, he says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know, God has the ability to, to work all things together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And finally, David, oh man, this is the part that we don't do. David prophesied to his giant. Woo! The bishop, that was good right there. I know it was. He prophesied to his giants. When's the last time you prophesied to your giants instead of describing your giants? Anyways, let me keep preaching here. So David, number one, before he shows up on the scene, so what happens is that there is a war going on. Well, actually not a war, a standoff. Israel's on one side and the Philistines on the other side. And in the middle is called the, the Valley of Elah. Eli is translated as the hard place. And, and for 40 days and 40 nights, uh, Goliath the giant is, is calling, basically calling out Israel, saying, give me a man. Uh, I'm the champion. Come on, let's, let's, let's go at it. And there are situations that are calling out to teenagers, saying, give me a man. Give me a woman. Give me a man who's going to combat racism. Give me a man who's going to combat injustice. Give me a man or a woman who can keep their purity before God until they get married. Give me a man. The giants of this world is calling out, is there a man? Are you man enough to challenge me? Woo, it's quiet in this place. Give me a man. And David, unfortunately, King Saul, who's a king, He's trembling in his boots, doesn't want to fight. David's big brothers, his three big brothers, who thought they were going to, supposed to be king, uh, they, they didn't take the challenge. And David shows up, he hears the challenge, and he tells the king, Saul, I'll fight him. And King Saul said, you're only a boy. How are you going to take on this man? And if David was a smart mouth, like some of us, he would have said, well, you ain't doing anything. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that people who don't want to try stuff want to tell you what not to try? Isn't it interesting that people who don't want to do great things want to tell you how you can't? 
You know why? Because they're afraid that if you attempt something big for God as a teenager, it'll shame them. It'll basically say, what you've been doing all with all your life? Ooh, I am preaching good up here. But David, first of all, he pursued God's heart. He, he, he pursued God's heart. The Bible says that in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, God, having rejected Saul as king, he said, I am looking and I'm going to choose a person who's not after the world's goods, not after prestige, not after fame. I am, I am looking for a person who is in pursuit of my heart. And then at the age of 12, uh, Samuel comes to, to Bethlehem because God says, I want you to anoint the next king. And, and, and Samuel shows up and he asks Jesse, all right, uh, God told me that one of your, king, your sons I'm supposed to anoint. And Eliab, the first son, comes up and he, is, he looks like a king, walks like a king, acts like a king, but he doesn't have a king's heart. I like what my friend Keith Harris once said. He, God bless his soul. He passed away last year. But he said, it's not the dog in the fight. It's the fight in the dog. Mm. Isn't it amazing how I see, I see these little people come on. Come on. I'll take you on. I'll take you on. There's a fight that God puts in us that he says, will you take the challenge for me? And, and Eliab looked like a king, but didn't have a king's heart. What I love about this text is that after Jesse ran through all seven sons, Samuel said, don't you have any other sons? And like, Jesse's like, oh yeah, that's right. I have, I have a little boy. He's only 12 years old. He's watching the sheep. He's being faithful over the little things. Teenagers, are you faithful to your chores? Your, your, your parents did not pay me to tell you, are you cleaning up your room? Are you taking out the trash? Our parents are right now. <laughs> Some of you want allowance for doing nothing. Woo, I'm preaching to you. <laughs> His name is D-A-D. Her name is M-O-M, -M, not A-T-M. <laughs> That was a bad word right there. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo, Sando. Well, I guess the money spigot has just stopped. God looks at the heart. <laughs> God looks at the heart. 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 And that's why when he got to David, he said, this is the one. Because man looks on the outward appearance, but I'm looking at the heart. And when, 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 oh, Jesus, when Samuel poured the oil on David as a 12-year-old, it didn't say when he became king, then he was anointed. Ah, uh, it said from that moment on, ooh, I can preach. Woo, the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David at 12 years old. Let me tell you something. You may be 50 and your child may be 12, but there's no little Holy Ghost. And when you grow up, there'll be a big Holy Ghost. No, the same Holy Spirit that's in you will be in your child. Stop waiting. For your child to be endued with the power of the Holy Spirit like you're waiting for him or her to get a license. You need the Holy Ghost, Lord have mercy. You need the Holy Ghost to make it through grammar school. School is crazy now. 
Woo. David had a heart that pursued God. We have two women in this church that really was a blessing to my life as a teenager. Um, Sister Debbie and Sister Valerie. I think I have their pictures up here. But, um, yeah. We belonged to a choir back, uh, back in the early 70s called the Kirsten Youth Group. And we, call, and we were deep, we called them the CYG. And, and we would go sing in different places. Uh, it was directed by my sister-in-law, uh, Cecilia Waite. And, and, uh, and Valerie said, you know, we need to do more than just sing. And so at 17, she was 17, and uh, Sister Debbie was 17, and I was 16, uh, just letting you know that they're older than I am. And that's <laughs> 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 but, but at 17, uh, Valerie says, let's start, let's start visiting the nursing home. Let, let's start caring. I think I have a picture. It's still there, uh, the Prospect Street Nursing Home, where, and we would visit the nursing home and look for, nursing homes sadly have become disposable bins for old people, senior citizens. And we would go weekly under the direction of Mom Val. Uh, you, Mom Val here? Look, why don't you stand up? Auntie Debbie, what's Debbie? Auntie Debbie around here. Wanna, really. And never dreamed that years later we'd be doing ministry together. Almost 50 years later, we'd be doing ministry together. But their love for church did not start a few years ago. They were pursuing God as teenagers. What am I saying? We, we didn't have pastors and ministers saying, okay, young people, we will lead you to the nursing home. No, something was in Valerie and, and, and a heart for older people. And let me tell you something. When you get a vision from God, I guarantee you, God will give you other people to support what he put in your heart. Because they'll say, you know what? I was thinking about that too. And we would go to the nursing home and bring flowers and read the scriptures to, to these older people. And then that's how I started learning how to preach. I would read the Psalms, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then, you know, I, you know after a while I was like, well, let me start explaining some of this. And Well, the word want means uh, lack. And next thing you know, I'm preaching my many sermons. God wants to use you. I like what Tommy Barnett says, find a need and fill it. Stop waiting for, for adults to give you permission to do things for God. Because really, in some ways, that's an excuse. It's quiet in here. Teenage heroes have a passion they have a heart that is pursuing God. They wake up in the morning and pray and read scriptures and, and, and look to God and see God do real things. The second thing David did is that he uh, understood that his past experience prepared him to take on the giant. He told when, when Saul tried to tell him, now nah, you can't take on this giant, he said, I took on a lion and I took on a bear. When they're about to, 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 to kill the sheep and carry them up, I, I chased after a lion. I chased after a bear. Do you, do you know what it means for, he chased a lion and a bear. Folks, I know we read the scriptures but that's gangster. Like, 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 I'd be like, no, nah, that's okay. You know, you can have those lamb chops. I, I, I'm, no. 
He chased a lion and a bear. So when you can chase a lion and a bear, what's going to make you afraid of a giant? Mm. What am I saying? I'm saying don't discount your testimonies, young people. You need to, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. You need to keep a, a prayer journal of writing down the things that God has done. PJ shared with me about how God uh, helped him supernaturally to make a decision to go to the school that he went to. And I was like, wow, that was amazing testimony. Why? Because that when he gets to the next level and something crazy happens, he, he can sing that song, not sing it, but remember that song by Ty Trebet. If he did it before, he'll do it again. Oh, you need your testimony. This is what I liked about, and then the thing I liked about David, not only did he, 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 he um, remember this testimony, and I, I want to say this to you again. Folks, you need to keep a list of what I call your Jehovah sneaky list. I, I'm going to keep reiterating this because you need to have a list that reminds you of the goodness of God, especially when times get hard. When you get in college and all of a sudden there's no tuition, can you pray your way into God taking care of your tuition instead of constantly depending on your mama and your daddy and your grandpa's prayers? Sooner or later, you're going to have to know God for yourself. Sooner or later, you have to pray for yourself, stand for yourself, cast out demons for yourself, walk in the spirit for yourself. Ah. He pursued the heart of God, past experiences counted, and finally he prophesied to his giant. We get this picture of David, and I've preached this before. He gets out there when the giant Goliath is approaching, and he's doing this. And he lets it go, the rock go. No, 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 no. The Bible says that when Goliath came out, David ran woo, to his giants, ran to his giant. Teenage heroes run to the giant. They run to the challenge. What does that look like? What that looks like is when you, when you are broke and a bill comes in and, and you're like, where am I going to get the money from? And you may have only $10 left and you say, God, I'm going to give you $10 because, I don't have, because this $10 ain't going to pay for anything anyways, so I'm going to give it to you. I'm running to the giant. I'm letting the devil know that I am not afraid of you because there's more for me than there is for you. When's the last time you ran to the giant? When's the last time you ran to your situation? When's the last time you prophesied, you spoke? What do you mean he prophesied? David said to Goliath, you come to me with sword and spirit. I come to you with the name of the Lord, and now he prophesies. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take... A, this is gangster. I don't know why. He said... I'm not even going to carry a sword. I'm going to take your sword and cut your head off. See, they have a saying about coaches. A coach that is really good, he'll take your team, he'll take his team and beat your team, and then he'll say, you know what? I know you're blaming it on your team, but let's switch teams. I'll take your team and beat my team when you're coaching my team. In other words, God is saying, David's saying, I'm going to take your sword and cut off your head so that everybody will know that I'm a bad mama jama. No, he said, so that everybody will know that there is a God in Israel and he is mighty enough to fight 
your battle. Could it be that the reason why you're in a hard place is because God wants to show off, but he needs you to run to the challenge? Running to the challenge is when things are going crazy and in the midst of the craziness, instead of you weeping and crying, you say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can you praise God when you're in the fiery furnace? That's running towards the challenge. Anybody can sing the blues when things are tough. Nobody knows the trouble I see. How about I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Could it be that your problems are waiting for a prophetic utterance to come out of your mouth? God doesn't need you to describe a scene. He needs you to make a scene. Anybody can look at their pocket and say they're broke. Anybody can look at their body and say, I'm sick. But can you prophesy? Can you speak to the sickness and say, by his stripes, I am healed? Can you look at your pocket and say, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Can you look at impossible situations and say, I can do all things? As a teenager, through Christ, who gives me the strength. Whew. You may say, oh, Bishop, easy for you to talk about teenage heroes. Let me talk about one of you all. Okay, one of you all. Because you're like, oh, yeah, those were back in the good old days when there was no problems. <laughs> I wish I had time to talk to you about what happened when I was a teenager. Let me just say this. The young ladies who go to school with you now as teenagers, they look like nuns compared to how young ladies look, used to dress when I was a teenager. James Brown made a song, Jamil, called Hot Pants. I believe my mother put me in Catholic school <laughs> so that I didn't have to fulfill that scripture, if thy eyes deceive thee, pluck them out. <laughs> and when you see, I'm just talking about me, teenage girls in hot pants and halter tops, basically wearing bathing suits to school. You all have it easy. Er. In some aspects. So, so, th 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 so I know you're looking at us like, oh, you, oh, baby boomers, you don't understand, Bishop. Your life is tough. Yeah. Like, 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 like I was in some time capsule. And all of a sudden, I pop out at 60. No, I was 13 years old once upon a time. Hit puberty and thought I lost my mind. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Let me just preach. In 2015, uh, Delia Umana became a um, professor at Harvard Law School. And that year, Harvard Law School had the portraits of all the black faculty. She became a part of the faculty at Harvard Law School. And somebody decided to basically put horrible graffiti 
and deface all of the pictures of the black faculty in the law school. And somehow this information got to a young nine-year-old boy who said to his mom, I want to visit Harvard Law School and this little boy just got baptized in Hawaii. Um, our baptism is in Cambridge. Uh, <laughs> people are like, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'll be a candidate next time. No. And, um, and he had a, what do you call it, a loop? A lay, thank you, a lay. Uh, I should have went to Google to see how to pronounce it, a lay. And he wanted to give Professor Delia, who he didn't know, his lay. And he wanted to pray for her and bless her because of the racial injustice that was put upon teachers of color. And so this little boy, I hope I have the picture, he's no longer nine, but he is 16. And he's no longer a little boy, he's now about, I don't know, six three, six four, And his name is Caleb, and Caleb, means attack dog. <laughs> Caleb is a guy in Joshua 15 where he says, I may be 84, but I'm an OG. <laughs> Give me that mountain. And if you've ever had a dog, I've only had one dog in my life. Um, and I remember I gave Ebony a, a steak bone and then decided I wanted to take the bone back. Uh -huh. And I remember grabbing the bone and literally lifted Ebony up because his jaw was locked on the bone. And that's what Caleb is like. Caleb is passionate. Caleb, when it comes to injustice, he locks onto it. Like, mm, I'm not going to let this go. We need, see, that's a, that's a teenage hero. That's a person who locks on. And, and there are others. And, and the beautiful thing of, see, he, he didn't know Delia. She didn't know him. Look what the Lord does when he, when he puts his hand on your life. Like a, I always have this pawn um, on, in, my, in my living room because it reminds me that God is a master chess player. And he puts his hand on our lives and maneuver us in places we never dreamed of. This next picture lets you know that this summer, can you get that next picture? This summer, no, that's not the picture. Anyways, this summer, Caleb is now an intern working with Professor Delia Umana. <laughs> Only God could do that. Only God can do that. Accompanying lawyers to, to, to court. Only God can do that. And I'm hearing all sorts of stories. I heard about, uh, at least during the last year, during, or the year before, during the, a lot of racial crazy stuff going on in school and hearing how uh, Betty Ako and Kwaku was standing up for racism in this. I'm telling you, we have some teenage heroes in this church. Come on, folks. The devil don't have them all. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. We have some powerful men of God, women of God in our church who are going to do great things because they have Christ in them. Hallelujah. 
So at this time, I want, you don't have to come, but those of you who are 12 to 20, and you want, we want to anoint you because this is your season. We are insisting that you don't wait till you're an adult. If you remember, three years ago, the Lord put on my heart to have Evan and Ezra and Edozi preach. And three years ago, they were all shorter than me. Now they're looking at me like, oh, you're a good little pastor. <laughs> Only kidding. But, but I wanted to put in their hearts the desire that you could be men of God right now. Right now. So if you're, I'm going to ask the elders to come. I'm going to anoint their hands. And those of you who are 12 to 20 and you want to be anointed like Samuel, and if you get a chance, read 1 Samuel chapter 16. Samuel anointed David for his position as king. The interesting thing is that it took 19 years for David to become king, but the word of the Lord came to pass. And I'm going to anoint the hands of our elders, and they're going to just anoint you. I want you to stay up here, though. I want you to stay up here. Say you're nine to, you want more oil here? but they're going to anoint you. Elders, you can, you can, you can go in, oh, thank you, you can go into the crowd and anoint them, but if you're, as I said, 9 to 20, I mean, 12 to 20, we're going to anoint you. Because I see some teen, see some teenage Bible heroes. Thank you, Jesus. And while you're standing, could you just put your hands like this? You're basically saying, God, I'm, gonna, I'm receiving this, this new anointing. I'm receiving. I'm going to be a teenage hero. I'm going to be the person who is part human but part divine because Christ is going to do some amazing things through my life. Yes. You're going to remember this day. Five years from now, a number of you are going to be adults. Ten years from now, all of you will be adults. And I can hardly wait to see what God is going to do through you. When I was a teenager at the age of 19, God told me, at the age of 19, you're going to pass the Pentecostal tabernacle. <laughs> and I was like, what? And 16 years later, here I am. You have no idea what God is going to do through you whose lives you're going to change. There are doctors and lawyers and engineers, professors, police officers, judges, entrepreneurs. Oh, yes. And God is going to use you in amazing ways. I hope those of you in the audience aren't just looking, but I need you to to pray, to pray, to pray. Because I'm telling you, there is greatness, greatness standing at this altar. Greatness. Greatness. There are pastors at this altar. There are 
ministers at this altar. Oh, captains of athletic teams at this altar that's going to lead their pairs to Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, we're so excited. Teenage heralds, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful things you're going to do through these amazing hands. Amazing hands. Amazing hands. Thank you, Lord. Amazing hands. Thank you for the doors that you're going to open. Wow. Wow. Great teenagers. Greatness. 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 If you're watching online or if you're watching the recording, have your mom or dad or somebody anoint you because the Spirit of the Lord is with you. Can we all stand? I want to close with this. Can we all stand? Thank you, Jesus. close with a blessing, but I want to close with this prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Could we just take one minute to praise God and then I'll pray. Let's worship God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, I thank you for each and every person who will stand at this altar. It is in the Bible, the altar, we call this front place of the church, the altar, because it's a place of sacrifice. And Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you will present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship, your reasonable service. Father, um, the reason why I'm doing this, Lord, is not to be a nice guy, not to bring some new concept, but Lord, I had people pray for me when I was a teenager my youth pastor who now went on to be with the Lord, Mother Watson. I thank God for my other youth pastor who is a veteran of Vietnam, Reverend Alan Haywood, who's still alive. I thank you for Mother Cummings and Mother Green. And Lord, these people poured into my life and prayed for me as a teenager. And Father, I would be selfish. I would be selfish and derelict in my duty if I didn't do the same for these Gen Z's, these teenagers. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would experience an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Father, I don't care if it's while they're sleeping. I don't care if it's while they're on an amusement park ride. I don't care if it's while they're hanging out with friends while they're reading the Bible, while they're in the church. I don't care where the encounter is, Lord. We just need them to encounter you in a greater way than they did prior to this season. Because, Lord, I'm really excited that you blessed us with so many teenagers, Lord. There are churches that don't have any young people. But, Lord, I really, we really look at these young people as, as, as man and woman of God who you have given to us to steward, to, to help them to become adults who love Jesus and adults who will fulfill 
the call and purpose on their lives. And Lord, I thank you for raising up by your grace, Jessica, who is leading uh, this group, Father, and those who work with Jessica, Lord. We want to be a church where we have great, dynamic teenagers, not teenagers who are waiting around to become adults, but teenagers who do adult things because they have an adult Holy Spirit living inside of them. Fill them with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill them with power, Lord. Let them see that what we do here is, is more real than what the world has to offer. And I pray, Father, as they prepare, though, you know, we thank you that there's going to be a long summer, but I pray, Father, that first of all, that you would watch over them and protect them during the summer. Lord, there's so many things that we've been seeing, people, uh, young people losing their lives and drowning and all sorts of stuff. But Lord, protect our young people right now. Protect our young people, Lord. We cover them with the precious blood of Jesus. There'll be no injuries and no death, not under our prayerful watch. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, protect them from predators and protect them from dangers they're aware of and dangers that they're ignorant of. Father, I pray that 2022 will be one of the, the most remarkable year of their young lives. 2022, the most remarkable year of their young lives where they'll sense a shift, they'll sense something is happening and they'll remember that Pentecostal tabernacle, the church prayed for them and continues to pray for them. And so Lord, I end this with the prayer Jabez. Bless them indeed. Bless them indeed. Give them crazy favor indeed, like real favor. Enlarge their territory. Enlarge their sphere of influence. Let them go places that they never even dreamed of because we prayed this prayer over there. And then as I indicated earlier, keep your hand upon them. Like a master chess player, move them in positions to be blessed. Move them in positions of strategy for, the, you to, for you to use them. Bring people into their lives, no matter where they are, to augment them, to cause them to go where they need to go. Oh God, I pray that people will be hired for positions to help them, and then when they look back to say, where did that person go? Oh, they only there for that one year, just to help them. And then Father, just as important, keep evil from them that it might not hurt their destiny. Not only we're asking you to keep evil from them, but keep them from evil. Lord, I, I've seen so many times your hand was on my life as a teenager. You kept me from people who were gonna mess my life up. Keep them from people, Lord Jesus. Take people out of their lives who will cause their purpose to be derailed. Bring people into their lives that years from now, they'll say, I thank God for John. I thank God for me. I, I don't know how that person moved from another country just to be in my life at that strategic time, but Lord, bring people into their lives so that they can do your will and accomplish your purpose. Lord, I pray finally that not one person at this altar will miss the calling and purpose for which they were created. Not one, not one, not one. And so we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. 
We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.